When planning the road to success, there are a few steps to keep in mind. Identifying and solving the cause, facing and embracing change, goal setting, and being accountable. We'll talk about this today on Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. New and healthier habits lead to prosperity in all areas of your life and business. Now, here's your host, Chris Salem. Well, welcome, everybody. We are starting off a new leaf here as we start off the Sustainable Success Show here on the business channel here at Voice America at a new time that you're now listening to us here from 3 to 4 o'clock. We appreciate, uh, hope it has not been an inconvenience for the steady listeners that normally tune in between 12 and 1 o'clock East Coast time. If you are new to the show, welcome you're in the right place. Again, we've been running this show since May of 2017, and we've had many great guests sharing their words of wisdom and insights to take your business and personal success to the next level. And we cover a wide range of different topics to keep it interesting and keep it engaged. And we encourage anybody that is listening here today or will be listening later to reach out to us, provide us any feedback, any insights that can help you. Feel free to reach out to us at Chris at Christopher Salem. Com. Also, we want to remind everybody that we also can be found on Apple uh, as an Apple podcast. Also, our Facebook page at Sustainable Success 2017. Feel free to reach out and follow us there. There you can listen to the many guests that we've had over the years. And again, a great way to share your feedback, insights to get part of the conversation. And we encourage everyone to do so. Today's show is being brought to you today by Biz Explosion Conferences. They are an organizer uh, of the Achieve Biz Explosion Conference, which is taking place in Denver, Colorado, June 9th through the 10th. This will be an event that will bring in entrepreneurs around the country an ability to not only meet new people, but to collaborate, maybe perhaps do business with one another. I've personally been there myself, and it is an extraordinary event where you can walk away with a lot of business and again, quality people. I will also be doing the keynote at that event. Check them out at AchieveBizConferences.com. That's AchieveBizConferences.com. And without, uh, we're going to be talking here today about the Island of the Four Ps. This is based on a, a new book, Fable, that you're going to be learning more about. And this is not a strange or new, or new person to the show. He's been on our show before. We're going to be talking to Ed Hajim. Uh, he's currently the chairman of High Vista, a Boston-based money management company, a recipient of the Horatio Elger Award, founder of an award-winning Nantucket Golf Club, and the largest single donor to the University of Rochester in his new book, The Island of the Four Ps. Ed shares a story stemming from his four Ps, partners, principles, passions, and plans. Ed, Ed's... Uh, Four Ps have become his inner voice, his gauge to create a life that had started as an abandoned little boy tossed between orphanages and foster homes to breaking the cycle with education and time in the Navy, using his ongoing discipline and self-determination to become a tremendous success on Wall Street. He's been married for some 57 years with his three grown children and eight grandchildren, and Ed has created a huge legacy of including devoting resources to support students to become scholars, and he believes that education is everything. And you're going to learn more about Ed at his website at edheygym.com. And Ed says, the four Ps will guide you as they always have him. No matter the adversity, the disappointment, the unexpected, they will still ground you and help you make choices to answer the question, 
He constantly asks, what's next? Get ready, everybody, for this ongoing conversation. Without further ado, we welcome Ed. Hey, Jim, to the show. Ed, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Chris, and you just did great. I don't have to say anything. You did it. <laughs> well, we, you, you, I know you got plenty of value to be bringing here like you did the last time you were with us about a year and a half, two years ago, and I'm really looking forward to it. Let's talk a little bit. I always like to, you know, we're, we're always about the foundation here at Sustainable Success. I mean, I, you know, nothing beautiful or nothing, nothing that worth talking about can be said unless we know that it was built from a firm foundation. Let's talk about what was the foundation. You talk about, you know, this goes back to a lot of your experience around those four Ps. Can you talk about like what prompted you and led up to writing the book? Well, basically, when I was 18 years old, I made the decision. And in 1954, things were different than they are today. I made the decision to bury my background completely. I would go to college. And as someone said, a little denial never hurt. I didn't have to discuss being in orphanages and foster homes. I basically lived in a post office box in San Francisco. My father was a radio operator. And my mother supposedly died when I was three. And that was the end of the story. And I would not go any further. That allowed me not to be... Now, I was ashamed of my background, and I didn't want anybody to give me anything that I didn't deserve, so I cut it off. Almost over 60 years later, my wife and Horatio Alger, University of Rochester, started pressing me to really complete the whole story. Nobody had the whole story, so I sat down and started to write it. And as I started to write it, I started to come up with some real basic principles that I used, maybe not knowingly, but that I used to basically make decisions. And I wrote this book almost seven years ago, and because I really wanted to write a fable like Who Moved My Cheese? Because I found that basically in my lifetime, many of the things that I've learned were learned from fables. Things like Gulliver's Travels, you know, Don Quixote. Those were stories that stuck you. They were more memorable. So I wrote this book that way. But it was because I buried my background. I started again when I was 60 rewriting. In fact, the my early life, the first shot, at it, I couldn't pull it off. My daughter had to write it because it was just too heavy. I'd buried it so longer. Bringing it back up was not good for me. She wrote it yeah. right now. I, I can't talk about it. I can, I've gotten over it. It's been two years. But it's been a real on-the-road less travel for me. And I basically try to communicate to people that in, in, in this, this book, basically, that everybody's unique. And what you need, basically, is a framework to make decisions. There's no right or wrong decisions because each of us, the decisions are basically personal. That's true. So, so true. And everybody, you know, and there's always a power in your journey, even sometimes things we don't want to remember. And, you know, I could relate to that maybe, you know, where, you know, my my childhood early on was not as great, you know, not to the extreme that you had had, but but the but to the point where like that was a time I, I you know, I chose to want was looking to forget. But when I went through this transformation, now I, I look back and say, God, I wouldn't be here if I hadn't gone through that. Like, so I began to look at it in a different light and appreciate everything that I went through. It ended up happening for me, not to me at the time, like I thought it would. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you said, so what's the foundation? And what's, what's so wonderful about understanding yourself is that my, you know, rather bumpy childhood, I actually found that those disadvantages became advantages. I mean, yeah. if you're in five different foster homes and five different partners or schoolyards, you learn to be adaptable. And that yeah. actually transferred into my business life. You learn, you get resilience, you you get through. And when you get through it, you basically have a little bit of self-confidence and a little bit of perseverance. Now you get some anger and you find out that you have to direct that anger instead of externally, you have to develop it internally to drive yourself. But 
you know, that's why I tell people you have to find out about self because whether you, you're a very different person, depending on you nurture nature, you've got some genes and you got these experiences and they, inter, they interplay and they find out that that affects you and become, that's the kind of person you become. And knowing about that, that helps you make your decisions. With me, basically, some of my really awful disadvantages became very definite advantages. I mean, just think of me interviewing when I was the CEO of a company. I could relate to almost anybody. I mean, here I was an orphan, a forced home, and I'm going to Harvard Business School. So I could have, and my, my roommate was a very fancy fellow from Yale. Most of the, my classmates from Yale, Princeton, Harvard, and they all had fine families and so forth. So, so I related to that, but I also related to my early life. So the, those disadvantages became advantages. I, I Horatio Alger, uh, when I gave a talk to a hundred of scholars, I said, you guys are lucky. No, I'll say crazy. These question marks came up in the crowd. And I said, <laughs> you have, you have, you have now, you're, you're 18 years old. You've gone through this. You've got all these advantages. And I went through them, and it's true. You do. You, if you get through that period, you end up with certain things that other people just don't have. And young people in my in my you know income category now say, "Ed, we can't send our kids to an orphanage. What do we do?" I said, "On oh, the summertime, make them uncomfortable. Send them to Outward Bound. Send them to Knowles National Leadership School. Make them work in a mental hospital in Kentucky. You know, give them experiences where they get uncomfortable, and then they learn. Because that's the only way you learn when you're when you're alone and you're doing stuff." <laughs> that's true. I always say that's the best teacher is experience. And, and, you know, I never, you know, ever since going through this, I never walk away from learning something, whether if sometimes it's not going to be the easiest thing or painful in some way we learn and, and, and then we, and then we learn from it, not to do certain things that, you know, where, you know, it, that if I didn't go through that, then I would have maybe repeated the same mistake again. Exactly. <laughs> if you didn't learn, you know, and I, I, I believe I, that's why I said, don't waste your summers. Do stuff that you might won't think you might want. I, I thought I might want to work on big projects, so I hitchhiked up to the up, up to the Canadian border. They were building the St. Lawrence Seaway, and I got a, I talked myself into a job there, and it was a great job. And I loved you know blasting crew. I loved you know climbing down three four hundred feet into this thing. But I realized if you wanted big projects, you ended up in crazy places like like the St. Lawrence Seaway or you know Venezuela in the jungle. And I said that's not exactly how I want to spend my life. But if I hadn't been up there and tried that out. I might have jumped, you know, spent some time over there. And a number of things I did in my life, testing. I, I, I tell young people to test because words are, so, you know, I thought I wanted to be a physicist. It sounded good. So I took advanced <laughs> physics in my sophomore year. I got out of that pretty quick. I D plus in the class and back into engineering <laughs> physics. <you know? laughs> but don't yeah, that would not be something I would, would excel at. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, hey, let's you know. I we we I know you you know the book you got the book out. The new book is out, and you know it's called the Island of the Four Ps. And you know you talk about these four Ps, like and so the island. Here you are. You got it's like kind of like you're on this island now, but you got these four Ps. You got partners, principles, passions, and plans. Can you talk a little? Can you talk about each one? And if you like to illustrate using any personal I, or any I, stories I that can illustrate, that'd be wonderful. Interrupt me, Chris, if I go too long. But Oh, no, we got plenty of time. <laughs> it's an island because this young man is on a boat. It's like going away to college. It's the first time in your life you're on. He arrives on the beach by himself. The boat has a captain and a navigator, which are some people, mother and father, for me, was foster parents, you know, and or an orphanage person. They turned around and left him on the beach. And he meets an older man 
The older man is a not a teacher. He's a guide. He's guiding this younger man through these four villages, helping the younger man make decisions in each case. And he goes to the first village, and it's, it's the village of, of, of passions. And by the way, in the village of passions, there's a, a blue area where he goes in and bounces back out again. Was all passions are not, not positive. There's some negative passions. But my basic point in passion is you have to find your passions. And you know, a lot of people get passion. You know, Tiger Woods got the golf passion when he was three. But most of us get our passions around 15, 16, middle of your, middle of your high school period. And mine were math and science, baseball, and basketball, and girls. And, but, but you write those passions down. And when you get to college, they start to change. The math and science started into physics. And you got the heck out of physics. Ended up being an engineering. I became a chemical engineer. The baseball and basketball, after my freshman year, I realized I wasn't going to be a professional athlete. So I, that morphed into intramurals and extracurricular activities. And sure enough, in extracurricular activities, what they call co-curricular activities today, I found my, uh, my true passion. I didn't realize it. I liked putting people together to solve a problem or create a product or do a program. I put 30 people together my junior year to create a magazine like the Harvard Lampoon, a human magazine. President was against it. Provost was against it. Librarian was very much against it. But I wanted to do it. And it taught me something about what I really liked doing. And that was my passion. And that's a very subtle passion. Inside that passion, I found what really excited me was helping people do better than they thought they could. You know, you know in the cartoonist, which is, I couldn't draw cartoons, but I helped him do a better job. And that really was something that carried me into my business life. So my passion changed. And look at what you're going to say. Obviously, I'm right, but look at my passion today. You know, so that's what I like. And I people write them down, look at them regularly, see how they change. And by the way, passions have to be into a context. You know, if you're in the middle of a depression, you have certain kind of passions. If you're in the middle of a war, you have different kind of passions. If you're in the, into a period like we've had in the last 30 years, your passions can be different. So you have to focus on the context, as I call it, too. And by passions, they're very overused words. It includes talents, likes and dislikes, and it's context. Context, context, concept. But it's something, by the way, sometimes you have to push up, put off your passions. You know, I, I, you have to put off your passions until later in life because you're not ready for them or you can't get the kind of job you want. You have to take somebody, another path for a period of time. Principles are much more permanent and they come earlier. Mine was the Catholic schools. They made it very simple. The golden rule was important. If you didn't understand the golden rule, they gave you the golden ruler, cross your knuckles. And they made it very clear that if you did the right things, you went to the right place. Did the other things, you went to the wrong place. That was very simple. The other place was not a good place to go. They threw in the Ten Commandments, and you know, you you practiced that, and that lasted you know most of my life. But I collected again principles all through my life. For example, that one principle, the passion of helping people do better than they thought they could, you know, was a very good thing for business. But I took another step further with a principle. The principle was if you don't worry about who gets the credit, you can accomplish almost anything. And then a little bit later on in life, I picked up to take that one step. Another principle is even for the deflect credit. Have some fun when someone says, Chris, you did a great job. Say, no, no, I did okay, but Mary and John are really the drivers behind this. You get a trifecta right away. You feel good. The person who answered the question feel good. When John and Mary find out you gave them credit, they feel good. So I did that, and I do that. I, I did that just in spades. I mean, when I, when I, the last day of my, chairmanship at the University of Rochester. I had 60 trustees, and they were going to give me this, you know, great send-off. And what I did was I gave them 
a crystal which had their name on it, University of Rochester, and thanks, Ed. I guess that this is a thank you that you can't destroy. And I really want to make a thank you that's going to last forever because I owe it to you guys. And it was, you know, I gave them back when they wanted to, they wanted to give me the credit. Did the same thing at the Harvard Business School when I was president. So he care these principles. And, what, you know, and think about the principle when I was on Wall Street, the main principle I had on my board, to live happy is to live hidden. Don't answer the phone calls from Chris Salem. Don't, don't be in the newspaper. Don't be on television. Concentrate on running your company. This is a very difficult business. If you do it well, you're going to make a lot of money, have a lot of fun. If you become a public figure, you could lose it because that's a whole other job. So I was the happiest little hidden my principal. Guess what my principal is right now? I threw that principal away. Now I'm talking to the Chris Salem's of the world. I'm trying to sell books. You have to have other principles. Exactly. Partners, partners is an easy one. First of all, find somebody to love. I mean, it sounds corny, but you really need a partner in this world. One that's somebody who's going to support you, who you can support who basically will share your life. I mean, I mean, they're different kind of partners, but you got to find somebody like that. And I've been married for 57 years, and some of the great decisions were made either jointly or by her. By her. You know, I get credit for building a golf course in Nantucket. What happened is I got rejected by all the golf clubs. At 60 years old, I still can't figure out why they rejected me. I'm really good-looking and nice person. So they rejected me. <laughs> Anyway, so I came home and I said to her, you know, Barbara, let's sell a house. We're gonna, I can't play golf. I, I'm not going to stay on the island. She says, well, you built a golf course in Vail. Why don't you build one here? What do you mean? Okay. When I found the land, called the guy from Vail. He came out and we built a golf course. We're number one golf course that year in the, in the whole country, the best private course. And, you know, now we've evolved. At first, they didn't like us on the island because we were rich guys building a golf course. All of a sudden now, over 25 years, we're the largest charity on the island. And if you wear our symbol downtown, people will come up to you and thank you. You know, they just put, we have, we have two scholars a year. They just put the scholars on the front page of the newspaper. And they took a golf club and the scholars elected this year. Last year, we gave 10 vocational scholarships. And the biggest joy of my life, and you would love this, is after you play nine holes of golf, you come up to the snack bar and Kelly says, what do you like? And it's like iced tea. And she says, what's your number? You know what you say? Number one. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, so, so you know, and it's, we've changed 500 families' lives, and it's been the greatest thing in the world for me. But Barbara made that decision. Now, now you have to have partners in business and, I, or work. And I find you have three kinds of partners. One partner does things you can't do. And in today's world, there's like your technician, the guy we couldn't have started this program out of, your guy right here, right? You couldn't do it. So you need people to do things you can't do. You need people who do things better than you can do them. And the third partner, nobody really realizes. You want partners who can do things that you do really well, like I sell really well, but you don't want to do. If you can find those three kind of partners, either in one person or in three people or four people, whatever it might take, you'll end up doing things that you do really well that you want to do. Yeah. That's, that, that's the search for partners, as I call it. And I found a guy yeah. mid-career. I was in business about 15 years. I ran into a six-foot-five Dartmouth graduate who covered all those bases. And he was not afraid of me either, which was great. We spent 35 years together, saved my life kind of every other month. He would say, Ed, don't do that. Wow. Or Ed used to do that. You know, the partner, he's a good, good, really good guy. Then I also yeah. say to people, yeah, I, I really believe you're only as good as the people you surround yourself with. Oh, that's so true. That's so oh. true. And we got to go to break, but I want to, I want to, when we come back, I want to finish up on that partners because that's so important. It's vital. So we got to go to break. Uh, for 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 uh, uh for some uh advertisements here but again we are talking about the island of the four p's we're here with ed hey jim 
Again, you're going to get the opportunity to get to know him, more about him. He's done so many great things, and perhaps you already know what he is all about. But again, an opportunity to hear more from Ed when we come back right after the break. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Welcome back. Again, if you're just joining us here, we are now at a new time. We're at a new channel, the business channel Again, we're talking about the island of the four Ps with Ed. Hey, Jim, and just so much wisdom. Ed was sharing some of the uh, four Ps with us in the first segment. We highly encourage you to listen to this show in its entirety here later today here at the Voice America Business Channel. Also, you can listen to us on Apple and then our Facebook page at Sustainable Success 2017. So, Ed, you you covered some great stuff about you know passions and principles, and now you were... You were just finishing up a little bit on the partners, and I know you're going to discuss the other P, which is plans. If you could fill us in, because you said something powerful towards the end about, again, you know, it, you know, the people that we surround ourselves with, that we complement each other. We don't have to depend, but we complement in a healthier way. Th- those are the differences that can make a bigger difference in our life that you mentioned. Only, I, I find I'm only as good as the people I surround myself with, and I have to surround them with some people who basically do things I can't do, and also, there's a certain compatibility. And by the way, in your partners, some of your partners will have personalities which don't exactly fit with yours. But if you need their talent, you'll surround yourself with them. And on Wall Street, that was obviously the case because there were a lot of personalities that you didn't like. But there was there were some talents that you needed in your in your work, and so you, you put those people into your into your group. And then I also find once you find groups of partners. I'm a member of YPO, a Young Presidents Organization, and we're still meeting, and we're not so young anymore. But every Two or three months we meet. In the old days, we talked about business and kids and so forth. Now we have we do organ recitals. You know, how's your shoulder? How's your knee? You know, how's your liver? And so on and so forth. But it's a personal thing. 
They've known me for 40 or 50 years, and they can really tell when I need help. They can tell, they can answer questions for me. I have investment groups, which are 40 and 50 years old now. If I give a pitch, the guy said, if you're making the same mistake you made before. And then if I, of course, you know, the last partner, I think the one you try to find, I'll tell young people, spend the time to find a friend, someone you can spend your life with. And I, I found a guy like that, and I could tell a long story about it, but just give you the, he was had a terminal disease. When I called him, kind of like Tuesday at Maury's to say, how are you once a week? He always asked the same questions. How are you? How is Barbara? How are the kids? He worried more about me even though he was dying. So just a great human being. So that's sort of the partners. And then in partners, in my partners chapter, I go through the four realms of life, which I'll spend some time on. So, yeah, I'd love to hear about the four realms so, of life. That's going to be really key. Yeah, we'll do that we have to get through plans. Now, plans, plans, are, and by the way, plans, I, after I give this talk, one young fellow at a university a couple of years ago said, you know, Mr. Hager, give us too many ideas. Give me something I can use right now. And I said, well, in terms of plans, write down where you want to go and how you think you might get there in writing. So when you come to that turn in the road, it's not the end of the road. It's basically you know exactly where you wanted to go and you can make the turn. That's very important. And while you're writing those plans down, look at your life. Look at where you're going, what's going to happen in your, your 40 or 50 years. And in my plans chapter, the young man is put into a, into a tube and he, he's able to look at history. And he looks at things that have changed over time. It basically te teaches him to seek change and what they call the change drivers. In other words, let's just take a simple one, geography. If you pick the right geography in a lifetime, you don't have to do anything else. If, you know, my son went to Colorado in 1990, became an architect and was in the real estate business. Well, for 30 years, it's been a very good place to be in real estate. Of course, people went to California in the 30s and things were you know, out of business. You stay in California your whole life in real estate until, until recently, you've done extremely well. And that goes on constantly. There are many different, the biggest driver of all, of course, is technology. I mean, think about music. You know, we used to buy black records. That was an unbelievable business and profitable. Then it moved to discs. And now you got, you know, you've got you know, stuff you hook into your house and you work it on your phone. So those kinds of changes. And I believe that very should, Watch those changes. And if you can get on a wave or a cycle or a theme, you know, and you can connect that with your passions and your principles, then you're home free. And I, I happened to do that. I, I took over as an investment bank in 1983. And for 20 years, we grew it more than 20 times. Sold it once, bought it back, sold it again. Very big success story. And people say, oh, you really did a good job. I did. But the stock market during that period went up 10 times. I had the wind at my back. So what I tell young people is to try to find an area of, of the world which will, of, the, of, the, of industry that will give you your wind at your back. It's not necessarily about money, by the way. A friend of mine, is a, he's a, he does the curvature. He's a surgeon who does curvature of the spine. He could have gone any place with his, with his talents. But he went to Ethiopia, where there was terrific demand for his, for his product. And now after 30 years, he's saved, saved and changed so many lives. You see his brochure. It's fantastic. Because he found a place where there was what I call latent demand or you know, unsatisfied need. I mean, my golf course was the same way. People said, you're spending too much money. You're never going to It's never be successful. It's going to fail. There was a huge latent demand for golf on Nantucket. And we've basically populated the island with lots of very smart all people, not only the largest charity now, but all these people are involved in all the charity. We've really changed the island for the better as far as I'm concerned. And I think that's that everybody's known that. So that sort of plans... The plans kind of, I also talked about in my book about an S-curve. Everything in life has an S-curve. 
it starts down and goes up, it rolls over. Now, my music story, you've had a couple of S-curves even in my lifetime. And, you know, it's, it's all of these kinds of things that I try to try to find out where you are. When things are too good and you're coming into it, be careful. When, when the, the end of the world is tomorrow, that's something you ought to be involved with. Or something brand new. Like right now, AI is almost a sure thing. I don't know what part of it, but it's going to be a big growth area for the economy. Curing Alzheimer's is also another area which is going to last for the art for most people's lifetimes. So pick out anyway, pick out something you like. I mean, don't don't just go into area because it's going to grow. You got to find well, you you picked the, the situation. I think podcasts and talking to people and getting ideas out. My daughter works for TED Talks, by the way, and I just believe this is one of the things that this is a modern requirement that you, you're constantly taking people who are very different and bringing them out and explaining what they're doing and so forth. That's what I'm hoping with my ideas. Now, it's been at least been a minute. Well, I, I, I think I'll stop there, but I'd like to spend a minute on the four, what I call the four buckets of life. Yes, let's, please, let's talk about those four parts of life there. Four parts of life, basically. Self, family, work, and community. And now you quickly think about it. If you think about your own life, it's a juggling act. You know, early in your life, you spend most of your time on self. You have no time really for work or you have very little time for family. Then comes family, family, which is normally not for everybody, parents, you know, spouse, children, grandchildren, and so forth. And by the way, it's the thing that's left over after everything's said and done. And we never spend enough time on. Trust me, we don't. Then work, which we spend most of our time on, you know, that balance between family and self is very important. And, you know, you know, many people that get lost in their work, they become very famous or very successful and so forth, and they lose their family. And what, what's, what's it all about? You lose, you lose a child or two, you know, it doesn't like his parents and so forth. That could ruin the whole story. Or yourself, you know, you don't spend enough time thinking about, you know, you, you get heavy or you, you drink too much or you eat too much or so forth. So those things have to be balanced. And my contention is you have to basically constantly look at your balance. And if you're out of balance, move back in the other direction. And we, we or, or have tricks, as I call them. Like every Christmas, we would take the family on a vacation. And I found a vacation where it was intense because we took them on a boat. What's well, lovely on a boat, you know, little trimaran. is in the evening, they can't get away, Chris. They're stuck there. They got to talk to you. We used to read books. The final one is community, which a lot of guy, people don't spend time, enough time. Understand. Giving back is the greatest. It's why we're put on the planet. And if you spend your life on yourself, family, and work, and you don't don't really take some time giving back, you don't get the greatest satisfaction that there is on, in, in the world. I mean, I, I, my, I'm, I'm very oriented towards scholarships and young ladies stood up on a fist stage about, you know, three or four or five years ago and said, if it wasn't for you, Mr. Hadrian, I wouldn't be here. She's an optical engineering PhD and she's a concert pianist and a concert violinist. And, you know, that, that's, or just recently on my book, someone said, you know, Ed, you know, I'm going to college only because of you. So those kinds of satisfaction, those are heart pounders, and they take time. So, or you, you, if you just spend two nights at a soup kitchen, you'll find out that there'll be great satisfaction. So those oh, are the four absolutely. And I quit. I quit my job when I took it to Jordan. When I became the chairman of the board of University of Rochester, I closed down my hedge fund because I didn't believe I could carry both those balls. I couldn't work and really do the job at Rochester, and because Rochester is a thirty thousand person, four billion dollar enterprise. So those are, so I use the four P's and pour and pour them into the four buckets. I pour the four P's into self, family, work, and business, and I'll help you make decisions in all those realms, as we call them. Wow, wow! I love this, Ed. What you just shared. 
And uh, it, it's so, so important. And one of the things is that, you know, so many people, like when they're hearing this, they, 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 they're probably saying to themselves, God, why did I take a lot of this for granted? I don't like maybe, you know, it, and, and when you said that, when you've been, when you were talking on that, I look at back in the last 20 something years of my life, when I became aware, when I finally said to myself, I finally discovered self-awareness. I didn't, I didn't take these things for granted anymore. Like the people, the people I value versus the people that are maybe not so good. Not that they're not bad people, but they weren't good for me and vice versa that I could put boundaries or just, you know, not being in that and in, in, around each other, that it just changed everything. And I began to appreciate that. And, and, and you really, really solidified what you, what by just saying all those things. Well, understand self. In other words, self is genes plus experience. You can have people with exactly the same genes, not yeah. terrible, but and they have different experiences. If if you're a child who graduates, who lives in one community, you're number three out of six. You go to the same high school, same same grammar school, same you know so forth, same house. That's one kind of person. If you're someone like me, who was an only child, had no parents, lived in fifteen or twenty different places. Even if I had the same genes, I'd be a different person. Understanding who you are and how you react to certain things. You know, I used to get very angry, and it, it took me somewhere in my early middle 20s i started to realize my anger was because as a child i was constantly looking around saying why me and that sort of built up and as soon as i understood that that was the anger instead of directing it externally on external on other people or other situations i started yeah. directing and making myself better and that anger was energy and therefore i was able to do things i probably i did better things i i exceeded my own expectations possibly because of my anger and so that yeah well like you said was. you 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 use the anger as, as you know, something that was telling, you know, shit, giving you a message that, hey, this isn't working and feeling this way is not going to make things better. What can you now do different with your, it was the same thing when my dad passed away at 56, when he was 56, and I happened to be turning 56, you know, here in a, about a month and a half, two months now, actually. Um, and, and I look back and that was the, when he died, that was the turning point in my life because I began to see that all the things that I used to look at life as happening to me, I was the victim and, you know, I was a, you know, that, you know, all these things that happened when I was young, but then I realized that it's the same for other people. People can only give what they, what they know and have. He didn't know any better. My father at the time, he didn't know he did the best he could. And I said to myself, that, well, no matter what has happened in our lives, you have to take responsibility as an adult to do something to change it. Nobody can fix it. Nobody you can just change it. You just, you just gave me, you, well, that, that's one of my great messages in the book, never be a victim. Use the energy to figure out what's next. But what you said about your father, I said about my father too. The man lost, he, he had nothing. By 1929, he had airplanes, he had real estate. By 33, he had nothing again. You go through, you go through that kind of cycle, you, don't, you, you can't blame that person. They have demons that will last forever because you're always asking, what? yes, what? I had a plane, I, I had a car, I had a, I had a big portfolio, I had a, a real estate. Now I got nothing. He said, he said, 1933, he said, I had a car and a box of cigars. And I had a decision to commit suicide or drive to California. But lucky for me, he drove to California. But, you know, and he never really got out of the demons. And it just didn't, it kept, it kept bothering him and so forth. So yeah. it was hard to It's the same with my father. And I believe it was his demons and his limiting beliefs and his past that he suppressed that he never did anything about it and it just it manifested itself into cancer yeah well my my father died at 71 in a heart attack he was the healthiest guy in the world and you know you just it, it just ate him up basically i i really yeah. believe by the way another thing i'm struggling with, i'm an old guy and i've got to, I, i'm starting to understand what you want to do is that's a whole mind process 
you know, if you made mistakes, you made mistakes. It's okay. As long as you focus on what's next and keep going further. And then with, with my, my, my mentor, Scott Peck, you know, the road less traveled, you know, love is doing things for other people. So I'm just going to spend the rest of my life you know, as best I can communicating ideas that will help people with their life process, with their journey. And if I can get that done, you know, if I, if I get the same kind of letter, letter from a young lady at, for freshman at Notre Dame and said, you know, I'm here because of you. Come on. That, that pays the, that pays the rent. Uh, so, yeah. And, and what you've done is like, you, you, you created a legacy with, with your, with your wisdom and your experience with not only this book, but you know, the previous book, the road less travels. I mean, you, you know, it, that's, that will be here forever. It's what it should be because it, it, I mean, it, it, it isn't fiction and reads like fiction. It's not, not fiction because, you know, I was able to, it, I, the communication is anything is possible and education is the, the solution. And it's just a simple, you know, it's hard work. There's no two ways about that. But just think of me in 1958, graduated chemical engineer, and my final exams were all done with a slide rule. Three years later, after getting on the Navy, guess what? Computers came in. Slide rules were thrown away. Three years is gone. And I had to study, I had to go back and do the whole thing over again. And of course, people who graduated business school when I did in the 60s, you know, the internet was not in existence, cell phone didn't occur. We have to keep learning. And I'm giving a talk at the Keys Community College. I'm doing the graduation there. And my pitch is never stop learning. Never. And it's, I mean, it's, it's true. It's a cliche, but it's something you know, and I and keep reaching and testing. You know, that that's reach and test. Constantly do that. And, and by the way, have fun doing it and recognize failure is a gift early on. Now, it's, a, it's not a good deal when you're an old guy and you fail, but early on, failure is a real gift because you learn only from failing, really. Yeah, it's better better to, to fail and learn sooner than later, right? You know, but either way, it's still a, it's still a learning, it's still a good, it's part of the process. And yeah, I look back and I'm so, I'm happy that I failed. Because sometimes I realize that if I hadn't failed, and, and I didn't learn from it. I would have. I would have not taken the chance to do something, you know, like do it again or do something different had I not done that. Uh, so so it's true. So true. Well, we got about uh, about twenty seconds left before we got to go to break. And I know you got still more to share here in terms of so much stuff here from the book. And I know uh, you're going to be delivering that. We're going to let people know too. Again, about a little bit about how they can get their hands on the book. You have an audible version to this as well, which was quite unique that you were sharing with me prior to uh, uh, the lot show going live. And we'll definitely disclose that to everybody that's listening here. Again, everybody, if you're just joining us, we're talking about the Island of the Four Ps. We're here with uh, Ed. Hey, Jim. And you're going to, again, we encourage you to listen to this show in its entirety later today. And we'll be right back after the break. Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. 
The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back. We're talking about the Islands of the Four Ps with Ed Hajim. Again, he has done some miraculous things in his life and everything that he has endured and overcome. Again, we encourage you to reach out to Ed and get to know him here later. He'll be, he'll be sharing some information how to get in contact with him. Uh, again, our show is being brought to you today by... Uh, Biz Explosion Conferences, again, their Denver event taking place June 9th and the 10th. Feel free to find out more information. They're a great event that you will definitely benefit from. AchieveBizConferences.com. That's AchieveBizConferences.com, B-I-Z. Hope to see you there. I know I will be there. I'm looking forward to doing the keynote, and it would be a pleasure to meet you if you plan on attending. So, Ed, you know, the uh, you I mean, you've just shared so much great stuff here. And, you know, the way that you, you know, you deliver this, all this knowledge and wisdom in the Island of the Four Ps, you decided to go the route of, of, of a fable. Talk about the power of using a fable as a way to really connect and, and deliver this value and wisdom to, to the readers. Well, down through the ages, and, and you mentioned in between about the Bible, in many respects that, that most of the great ideas that really stick and that people remember come from fables. I know you start with the Bible, but you know Don Quixote, the Gulliver's Travels. You read the book right through, and it's just a story about a big, great, big guy. You start understanding, you know, what are you getting out of it? Or you know, in Doctor Seuss, all those those are you know young people's fables. And of course, my favorite book is Who Moved My Cheese or The Alchemist. <laughs> and so I sort of felt this was a good idea. And people said that when you convey an idea in a fable, it's much more memorable. It's more digestible. It's more understandable, and it's also more universal. One of the problems with the ideas when you don't don't put it into a fable, they become very dry and very focused. And what I want is I want a broad. I, I my message is everybody is unique, and so these these principles have to be fairly universal because this book actually has you decide what you're going to do. There's no answers in the book. It's basically a process. So that's why I created a fable. Also, it's fun, and it's more much more fun. If I have my way and, and people do like the book, I may make an animated film out of it you know, for young people. Or one of my friends says, you ought to make a video game out of it where, where nobody gets shot. It'll be the only one. <laughs> yeah, that's shot. true. Because nowadays, that's where a lot, lot of the entertainment is, right? But it, right. but there's so much to learn from something like this that, yeah, if you can make it fun and you know gamify it, I guess that could be interesting too, right? Well, he, he's traveling around between these villages and he's climbing rocks and he's climbing down and so he goes into his he's on a river 
trying to figure out. See, the river trip is a great trip because it has allegories one after the other. And each one person on the boat has particular, you know, partners. They do different things that they didn't have all of them. We wouldn't be able to navigate the boat. And even the captain says, I only navigate boats down the stream. On the way up, somebody else does that. You know, it's, it's sort of a lot of allegories in it, which are kind of fun. And they're subtle, which means you, when you read it the second time, you'll pick up some extra stuff and have some fun with that as well. And then I just, and I don't want to, I, I mean, I'm being a little bit presumptuous comparing it to Gulliver's Travels, but, you know, those are the great books that I read when I was a child, so. Yeah. Well, no, I, I agree. I think it's just the, the fables to offer just, and plus, what I what you just mentioned those types of books they 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 last the test of time. I mean they're they've been around for so long and they still continue to embrace people. It doesn't matter and if what you read them you know, again, you'll get something else out of them. The second or third, yeah, I mean exactly right. And and because you read into a, a fable, a lot of things when people tell you to do something, you don't read into it. You read yeah. into a fable. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, everyone's going to have a different interpretation, but nonetheless. You could go back and then something resonates more, something that this time that it didn't maybe as much the first time. And that okay. I've noticed that's happened when I've read certain things like that, you know, a couple times or more. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. I love it. So let, you know, let's talk a little bit about, you know, you know, you know, the book itself. I mean, you know, this is, this is, you know, you put a lot of time into this book. It's a long time in the making and, you know, there's different, we talked a little bit about like, you know, there might be, you, know, you might consider, a, you know, if the demand is there, a, a, maybe a documentary, maybe a, a, a small, a short film, maybe there could be a, a game built around this, but you got some things out there right now. You got the book, obviously, that's out there, but you got it. You know, also the audible version. Well, the audible book is, the, the, my audible person, Mary Woolrich, did a fabulous job. She, she, we, we interviewed like 30 people to get six voices. And each of the voices, you know, take on the, the characters of the of the book, and I think that's really fun. The two and a half hour listen, and I, at, I I must say, about five years ago, I gave up, almost gave up reading. I walk every day, I walk mile, two miles every day, and now I plug in to a, an audible version of the book, and it's really. And by the way, I I have to learn by listening better than I do by anything, almost anything else. But it's just really fun, and I hated walking before, and now I love it. I can't wait to get out. And walk a couple miles because I'm listening to this book. People, you know, I walk past people they don't even know recognize they are because I'm involved in my book. Of course, you got to be careful where you walk. I, here down in Florida, where I am, there's no traffic. But I told my friend to do it. He says, "I'm in San Diego. You can't do that. You'll get run over." But, <laughs> but the audible version of the book is only two and a half hours and six voices, and I think you'll really enjoy it as as well. But people, I, people who have read it, I've had though I've had 15 verbs. All of them said every high school senior and every college freshman ought to read it. There's a course at the University of Rochester called Life Design, brand new course. We had just finished 12 students. They they used it as a reference. So it's it's starting to pick up. And I, it's a great graduation gift, I think. One of my friends down here in Ocean Reef just bought 25 books. He has 21 grandchildren, so he's going to give each one a book. And I had, had to sign them all the other day. So I'm having <laughs> some fun with it. And it seems to be catching on. I'm hoping it catches on because I think there are at least a couple of messages in there. And my modest goal, I want someone to pick up one or two ideas. It'd be nice if you used all of them, but if you pick up one or two, that's well, at least if they can start with one or two and then do, you know, get, get it and then really get good at it and then go into the next couple. I, I exactly. always find that that works best when you take it in, you know, steps. Exactly yeah. right. 
Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. So, uh, well, I mean, I mean, I mean, you must be extremely proud of this. You know, there's so much uh, value that you have packed into this book, you know, um, and I know, you know, before we get into, you know, a little bit more, what are what, what would you say that, you know, with people that are listening right now or those that will be listening later, we talked about like, hey, there's going to be, you know, a lot of stuff in here that's going to, you know, that's going to stick out for somebody to make changes, to kind of look at things differently. But what would you say if you were to sum it up one thing like that, that this book will make an impact on people's lives, careers, anything, their wellness, anything that's important to them? And I'm not, I'm not very succinct. My daughter says I, I give little long answers. If you, if you force me, I'll tell you. I think it will allow you to do a better job of talking to yourself. How's that wow. for a big one? Huh? And, that, by the and way, that is most important. <laughs> we make most of our decisions by talking to ourselves, even though we may get outside information. We come back and talk to ourselves. And this will give you a, a better framework for talking to yourself. In fact, the little machine that's talked about in the book, basically, is yourself. It's just something you collect. And it, it does a much better job than we do because it has holograms and all kinds of other clever stuff. But in many respects, that's what happened. And if you can sort things out, this will give you a better job of talking to yourself. I'm giving you a talk in, in Toronto, and I start off with a voiceover that says, Ed, Ed, are you there, Ed? You know, and it's true. And I said, what? No, I'm here. What do you want? He says, this is, you got to give a speech to this. Why, 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 why are you doing that? Look at all those people out there. I get, I go through this process because it's really true. You think about it. I'm looking at all those people. I'm talking to myself. What am I doing? Why am I doing this? And this is what I think goes on. The, so the book will help you, I think, talk to yourself. It'll also help you talk to your children and your grandchildren and maybe some of your coworkers as well. So you can ask questions better. And I think that's really the answer. And each chapter has a series of questions. It's not complete, but it's pretty good. So that'd be the well, that, that's powerful. I say when you when you ask questions, you gauge people and get them. And I always find that when I ask myself a question, myself, I'm that doesn't mean I have to have somebody ask me a question. I can ask myself. I I, I I tend to now, you know, can really truly address it, but then follow through and not usually second guess myself. In well, case that's, it, yeah. That's the, the book, the final chapter, you know, partners, pack plans. You have to sit down in the book and write down everything. And that's why I'm very, thinking is fuzzy, talking is fuzzy, but a little better than that, but writing things down and looking at them. That's very important. By the way, this part two in the book is my life again. And the life has three very definite messages. One is anything is possible. I mean, I, I was 28 years old, I had a negative net worth. And secondly, you know, education is a solution, almost everything. And then finally, you know, never be a victim. Always focus on what's next. So it's yeah. two, two different books in one book. That's great. I know there's so many different things, and 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 I'm sure. I mean, through all this stuff, you have so much. You're you're very humble. You, you know you uh, you don't re, you know you, you don't forget where where you came from, but yet you don't use it as as an excuse or you know have that victim mentality. It, it you appreciate. You know everything that you 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 learned to be and become throughout your life, and to me, I think that's that is as impactful as it comes to say a younger person that's got his or her life all you know ahead of them. No, I always say I'm luckiest person I know by far. Uh, lucky, by the way, to be born at the right time in America too. That I dedicate the book to the United States of America, you know, as well as 
universities I went to. So yeah, no, I, I, I think I was born at the right time, you know, and and uh, I was born in the right place, and I really have been benefited by all of that. So I've been very lucky. In fact, young fellow asked me, "You think you you think you're lucky or blessed?" I said, "I didn't wait a minute. I said both." <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you 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 created a lot of your luck. You know, you it, it wasn't just that it came. You also created it. You did certain things to obviously create your luck. And I'm, you know, and I, and I respect people that do that. Like yourself, you're like, you know, as a mentor, uh, as I look up to that and so on. Well, you know, Ed, there are so many things I'm, you know, there are so many people here that, you know, would like to get their hands on this book, uh, perhaps download the audible version. Obviously they can get it all. Where are the, where are the best places that you can buy? Well, you know, Amazon's book? still the best. And where they are, both books are at Amazon. Simon and Schuster distributed we have quite a few number of bookstores. If you ask a bookstore, they'll get it for you. You can go to my website, uh, Ed Hajim, only, only one in the world. Although my daughter's discovered somebody in a prison in Morocco, I think, with the same name. But oh my Ed Hajim, uh, my, my publicist has done too robust a, a uh, website, which you can buy the book on the website. But uh, in general, Amazon's the place to go. You can even put my name in, you get both books or put in the island of the four Ps. And then when you put that in, you'll get the audible choice. You can do it by audible as well as you can buy the, the book copy. And the, 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 the publisher did a great job, high quality, uh, you know, paper, high quality uh, illustrations are really, really well done. And I'm it, someone said, and I don't believe this yet, but it really could be a coffee table book, which is kind of fun. And some well, of yeah, it definitely can be. It, it, it's something, even, even if you're, reading a little bit at a time, you know, it, it, it can, it can absorb, it can, you know, something you can read over a period of time doing that. Wow. That's, this is uh No, it's great. fun. I, I, mean, I never thought, I mean, again, you talk about changing your passions. I mean, I, I was an engineer and a businessman and, and, I'm, and a naval officer. And this is the last thing I, I was never a good writer. I got, a, I got a C in my first year English at the university. And so, but, but this has been a great experience, but it took me a long time. It's yep. almost, Almost eight years for the for, for the three manuscripts. I got one more to come. Well, we can't wait to have that next one come. We'll have you on the show. And thank you so much. We're running out of time, and I want to thank you for being here today. Oh no, again, thank you, Chris. Talking to people like you, I've actually I've learned a lot from your questions already. That's one of the reasons I've done all this because I've got <laughs> good, good feedback as well. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time. We can't wait to, to read the book. And listeners, we want to thank you each and every week joining us now here at. The Business Channel, formerly the Influence Channel. We want to thank you each and every week. Again, we encourage you to share this show with people you know. Again, reach out to Ed. Uh, get your hands on the book. Get the Audible version, whatever suits you. Again, this has got you know some game-changing things that can change your life and change your career for the better. So uh, feel free to take advantage of that. And if you have any questions, feel free uh, to reach out. Uh, to us. We'll make sure to get that message to Ed and his publicist if there's any questions that you do have. Till then, everybody, have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you next Thursday. Thank you for tuning into Sustainable Success. Be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have an incredible week.